You're listening to Radio Influence. All righty, this is a good one today. Really enjoyed my conversation with Chip Santiago. He is known as Demo. He used to be Demolition Man, Demo Man. He's Demo. He is a midget athlete. Now, before you get crazy and, oh, you're calling him a midget, he calls himself a midget. Uh, dwarfism, and you can say little people and all that. He's like, hey, uh, I knew my guest when he was in micro midget wrestling. Uh, he now is getting the boys ready. The other midgets, they're getting ready for rough and rowdy. With Barstool, huge event that takes place every year. This will be their third time. But he's building his brand now as a midget athlete and has midget athletes for rent, uh, for parties, for events. Uh, he's a good guy, great guy. So what I'll do is let me bring him in. I sat down with him and we had a really, really good conversation. And like I said, he's a good guy. Okay. He's demo. He is chip and he is just proud. And I think it's fantastic. So anything you wanted to know about being a little person and what he had to deal with his attitude. What about when he was growing up? You know how kids can be kind of brutal when you're going to middle school and, and in high school. And then uh, he was very successful in what he did and wanted to be his own boss. So without further ado, without further ado, then on the back end, I'll hit you up on more of the stories and how it all, you know, went down and then the life of Riley, what I got going on and what's, what's going on. It was back in the university of Georgia where my wife went to college in uh, beautiful Athens, Georgia, um, covering the rays. We're getting ready. We're here now, man, a week to go for football season. So a lot of stuff after my interview with midget athlete, the great demo. I am honored to be here with Demo. Demo, it is an honor and a pleasure. You're looking good. You're feeling good. How you doing? Thank you, man. Um, I'm actually feeling good, man. Thanks to God, you know, I'm still in one piece. And uh, my health is intact. Um, just got married a year ago. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I'm doing good. Life is good. Now, I, I, uh, the first that I ever had a chance to meet you and see you was back in the day when you were with the micro midget wrestling. Yeah. Micro championship wrestling. Micro championship yes. wrestling. And I know, uh, Brian Nobbs from the nasty boys. He had a gym in Clearwater and you guys were there. And then I saw there was a reality show and you were traveling around the country. And then that was when I got to, to meet you. And, and, and had you been, had you done any wrestling prior to that? Or was that your first experience? Actually, demo? um, I've been wrestling for a little over 19 years, 19 years. And before that I had already been wrestling six, seven years. I've done the uh, midget MMA, um, underground fights, um, and Ebor. Um, but we won't go there. I'll just leave that. Uh, it is. No problem. Yeah. And, um, but as far as the wrestling goes, yeah, I've been doing it. Um, in 2006, I did my first stint in WWE, and um, I was part of the Mini Spirit Squad with DX. Yes. And then um, they asked me to come back again. And then in 2009, um, I did one here in Tampa the day before Christmas, and um, videos on you all over YouTube, but uh, Big Show picks me up and drops me right on my head and knocks me completely 
and that was my last. That was it. That was it. No more WWE for me. Well, if I got um, dropped by Big Show, I, that would be it on my head. I got the offer with me and Johnny. Got the offer to, um, to with the True TV. Well, actually, we got several offers: MTV, True TV, TNT. But True TV was the only one that was willing to fork up the money and gotcha and so forth. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Well, you're still involved in the somewhat in the fight game. Fight game. Uh, if people want you and your boys to wrestle, you will do that. Tell us where you're at right now in your career. Right now, in my career, we uh, with the, uh, my my partner Bobby, we um, formed a company. Um, we call it Micro Athletic Association, and it's not just geared on wrestling. We're trying to gear it more for athlete, athletes, because you know, being a little guy, everybody looks at us as just a gimmick, and you know, we sometimes we get tired of it. You know, we're legitimate athletes, so that's what this is for. So if we got guys that want to play basketball and they got a league set up and they need a couple guys, hey man, I can get you some guys. I see. And um, but now we're looking towards boxing. Because boxing is starting to make a little comeback. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. we're going to try to shoot for the MMA as well. Okay. So um, I have a network of guys, and we'll see where it goes. Now, I know uh, you guys have been involved with Barstool and the Rough and Rowdy and had two uh, two appearances there and getting ready to do it again? Yes, we had two appearances at the Barstool's Rough and Rowdy up in West Virginia. Um, and then we have another one coming up in August. Yeah. That's a big one. Oh, yeah. It's fun, too. You know, going back a little bit, and I was reading, you know, going into your background and things like that, I'm assuming it was kind of tough, especially in like when you're in high school. I know how it is in high school, being your size. Now, I know your mom was from New York, but you were raised in Plant City, Florida, am I right? That is correct, yeah. Uh, what was that like, man? Well, what was that like? Well, I'll tell you what. It's a lot easier now than it was back in the 80s when I was in high school. And, uh, I mean, you really think about it. There's not that many little people shows back then, at, if any, at all. I think Fantasy Island was the only show that had a little guy. Oh, right. Yeah, remember the Tattoo? Plane, yeah, the plane, the plane. The plane, the plane. The plane. Yeah, the plane. Yeah, so it was, you know, everybody mimicked that, you know. Um, I felt like um, in Plant City, my sister and I were the only two little people there. But they had a, a in Plant City High, they had a wing with children with disabilities. So the kids there already kind of got used to kids with disabilities so they really make fun of me or nothing like that at all in fact i was probably one of the more popular kids in school really yeah i made mr calendar good for no yeah. no kidding man yeah. you got you got a you you got a great attitude yeah. then i was reading you ended up um you know you ended up going to uh you had different jobs but was it ups yeah i got hired at ups yeah i was working at a, um actually a ponderosa restaurant Remember Ponderosa of back in the day? Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. was like, oh, my God, this guy's a waiter. Yeah. And I was carrying trays and everything. So a guy came in and said, hey, man, um, would you like to work at UPS? I was like, sure. So I went in for a job interview, and I'm in an interview. I'm literally three foot tall, and right. everybody else is like six five. Right. You know, big bulky guys carrying packages. Um, I got hired. And when I went on my first day of the work, I'm the only one of that group that showed up. And then I've been there for four years at that time. Right. And then I went to Verizon. Seven years at Verizon, and then I went to Liberty Mutual for insurance. Oh, I didn't know. And then this. I got the call for WWE. Is that it? Now, was that? I were you? Were you a big fan of Triple H? Wasn't Wasn't he your guy? Or no, my right wrong. No, no, I didn't know anybody really, to be honest. Okay, I got approached at a uh, sports authority because I was going to do some paintballing with some cousins, and a guy named Kenny Chains. Hats off to Kenny, by the way. And um, he came up and approached me, and he said, "Hey, man, have you ever done any wrestling?" And I'll say, hey, man, have you ever done any wrestling? 
And then I was like, nah, nah, man. And then my friends, my cousins were all with me. Were like, they thought he was going to attack me. So they right, right, kind of right. up on him, you know? Right. I said, nah, I never did. So he gave me his number and I left it alone. Didn't think anything of it. And then one day I was just like, I, I found a card on my desk. I said, I got tired of work. And I said, you know what? Let me call this guy up. They invited me to Ybor City. At, it used to be masquerades, but they used to run wrestling shows there. Right. I met Gangrel. I met Luna Vachon. I met um, Billy Kidman. His wife at the time, his wife was Tori Wilson. Yes, model. of course. <laughs> Skyrocketed. Um, uh, what's his name? The Road Warriors. Um, Hawk. He had passed away. Yes, and yes. And they buried him in Seminole. So I went, Luna told me, go there, uh-huh. and you're going to meet everybody there. And I went there. Uh-huh. And I met. Vince, I met Triple H, I met him. You're kidding But I didn't me. go there for that reason. No, no, I, just, I understand. Because you know, you know, back in the, when I was a kid, Road Warriors were my thing. Sure. Loved, you know what I mean? Legion of Doom and all that good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And so um, I went there just to pay my respects and ended up getting a call back maybe three months later. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You also, man, did a variety. The one thing, is, correct me if I'm wrong, the one thing you didn't want to do was the dwarf tossing. That, right? But you also did a lot of different things, right? I, I'm not, I went 100% against it, but I went 100% for it. Gotcha. You know, that's for some guys that want to do it. And I'm not going to knock anybody's hustle. You know, I'm friends with Dave the Dwarf. In fact, we're like brothers, you know, and he's done the dwarf tossing. I didn't look down on him for that. Do it. Go ahead, make your money, make your bread. Right, right. Yeah, I, 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 it's not for me, man. You know, I've done the leprechaun thing, I've done the elf right, thing, you know, right. for kids and so forth. And right. I'll do it for kids. That's about it. But I've done it in bars, and people get stupid. And when you get stupid with me in the bar, you're gonna end up an appendage broken or something. Good for you, you know man. I mean? Good for yeah. you. Good for you, demo. So, um, you, you know, obviously, just like that. What is the biggest thing that you would like uh, people to know? You know, you, you probably have just as many ups and downs and just because you're small, doesn't it, you know, you know what I mean? Is there something? Uh, the one thing I've learned about being, you know, short is that, um, my only limitation is me. That's it. Because I've done everything that average size men can do. Mostly I drive a car. I got an SUV. You know what I mean? I have children. I have a son who's like myself. I train him to be like me. Because ain't nobody else going to teach him. Nobody could teach me. You know? So it's the the laws of survival of the fittest holds true here. You know? You got a great attitude, man. You got to, man. I can't sit back and, you know, back, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, God, why me? Why me? Sure. You know? But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, thank God, dude. You're healthy? Because I'm healthy. Um, People have asked me, dude, would you rather have been like you are now or six foot tall? Nah, bro. Because nobody will remember me if I was six foot tall. I'm just everybody then. But when I walk in a room, I stop everybody from, I stop them from what they're doing. My wife hates it. I walk into a restaurant or the Walmart and everybody just stops what they're doing. Okay, what are y'all looking at? Really? Yeah, really? yeah she's, oh, she's protective, Yeah, man. yeah, she's really. That's awesome. Yeah. How, what are you, three foot? I'm three six. Three six. Yeah. And like, you were 80 pounds, 85 or 85 like pounds now. Really? But back in my fight days, I was in the 70s. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what was that like when you guys were traveling around and wrestling all over the all over, man? And you were on TV, oh, national TV, and I know you know Hulk Hogan was there, and Knobs and so. What, what was that like, man? That experience. The, the, TV, the, um, the traveling was fun. You know, we put ribs on each other, and um, the one thing that we got out of Johnny was Johnny was one of us. He always tell our listeners us. who Johnny was. Johnny the late G Johnny. was um, Johnny Attitude back in the old WCW days. Um, him and I, I met. Because we were doing a show with another company and they had some fallout 
And on the flight back home, me and Johnny were the only two that lived here in Florida. On the flight home, he says, you know, Demo, I think we should make our own company. Yeah, yeah. He did yeah. talk like that. Yeah. yeah. And I said, okay, let's do it. So the very next day, I, you know, I'm an artist. I come up with the MCW logo. Oh. And uh, he loved it. He went and marketed it to a, a buddy of his, you know, for investors. And here we go, man. We bought a ring. We hit the ground running. You did. You yep. did. He already had, you know, people that, because Johnny's wife was a, um, was a uh, model and she'd shows all over. The, so he already had that selling man mentality of how to sell the show to other. I groups. see. And we did, um, full throttle saloon. We were on their TV show <sighs> before it burned down. We yes. did like three seasons of there. Oh yeah. I cussed out J- Jesse James Dupree. Did you really? live on TV? I didn't care. <laughs> I don't care. And you know what? I bet you it was just like any other promotion, any other series where you had some good guys. You had some guys that were probably thinking that they were all that. You had a, what was it like that? Or With, with, or, with the wrestling guys, the yeah, crew that I was with, yeah, we were yeah. brothers. Nobody there knew, thought they were bigger than any, anybody else. And that I would say. That's good. That I would say. These guys I would go to war with. I've been to war with them and I would die for them, man. They're really good. Really great guys. Um, so much now, I, I don't know many of the other ones, you know, uh, personally like that, you know? Right. Um, I'm sure they're great guys, I but the the original cast, the, the original yeah, cool yeah, yeah. guys that I would... Oh, it was great. Did you used to wear a fedora? Were you, was it you or was it one of the other guys? With the fedora, like the hat? It's uh, my friend Dave Dorf. He wears oh, the fedora. Okay. Yeah. okay. I, I love Dave, man. Oh, I haven't I love seen Dave, Dave in man. a long He's time. He's awesome, Dave. He used to be at 93.3 FLZ, yeah, yeah. man. He took my place. Oh, I was there with MJ and BJ in the morning. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Back, I didn't realize that you were there because I was in that in the building. 90s. I didn't know that. I see you walk around a couple times. You oh. and Ted Webb. Oh my God, yeah. man! I didn't even Jack realize. Harris used to be in the office next oh door at nine seven. Oh my God, <laughs> Chip! I can't believe it, man. Um, so how is your how is your son uh, doing? He's uh, good. He's in high school now, and I've now got to get him ready because now he's going to Hillsboro High, and now I got to get him ready to say, look. Son, you're not exactly, uh, if you haven't noticed already, tall. So these kids. Is he kids the same gonna, size as you? Same or? size. Okay. He's a little, like, maybe an inch taller than me. He's yeah, 14, yeah. going to be 15. Okay. So I got had to prep him. There you go. Yeah. Prep him, you know. He, he knows. Does he, has he had it rough at all or no? Not really. Okay. If he has, he hasn't told me. <laughs> that's and that's the goes. way I was. That was the same way. I eat it. And you know, you grow thick skin. Same thing, man. You got a great attitude. Great, you, great sure. attitude. Uh, so what do you think? Barstool's been good for you, right? Yeah. You know, you're hoping, you know? It seems like every time the, the, for the past two, well, the first show was like they were feeling us out a little bit. Right. On the second show, once they seen that we delivered more. Yeah. You know, we, we like to over deliver than, and, you know, under promise, you know? And uh, they're like, it seemed like now they're like, okay, now they opened their eyes and said, this guy's, they know what they're doing. They got they got the content. There you go. There and I you credit go. Bobby. I credit Bobby for everything. Yeah, he's, he could sell, you know, ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then uh, and then we go from there, bro. But, you know, he's always, um, we're always looking out for the guys. That's you good. Know, there's other companies out there that they'll take these guys that and put them in hotels and just leave them there. Everybody's got to eat for themselves. Not Bobby. Bobby doesn't do that. Excellent. Bobby makes sure he negotiates a deal for everything. Excellent. Everybody's fed, everybody's flown, everybody's got a ride to and from. If we got to break off three hours to, you know, to drop somebody off, then we'll do it. That's yeah. class. That's man. That means that's a lot, man. Yeah, man. That, that does. Um, what is the proper, like, 
you guys, you called yourselves midgets mm-hmm. for years, and and I thought, oh, that's you're not supposed to say that, man. Yeah. How, how do you how do you feel about that? And especially nowadays, even more with political correctness. Yeah, um, you know, it's funny because when you look at my condition, it's dwarfism. It's not midgetism. Um, the the word midget comes from circus, from circuit sacks, you know, and I guess. Um, LPA, the Little People of America, which I used to be a member of, uh-huh. I termed it um, politically politi- incorrect, so they wanted to term Little People. Okay, that's cool. Uh-huh. I don't go, go with it. But it ain't gonna be called Little People Wrestling. It just doesn't have the same pop. <laughs> and midgets made me a lot of money. Good for you, man. Good for you. Yeah. It'll it'll burn me. You know, I I tell my son, this is what they're gonna call you when you get older. I said, you either love it or hate it, but it is what we are. We are what we are, you know? Thank God, man. Thank God he's got you. That's great. That is great. Is there any, uh, my last one is always advice. Um, Maybe we got somebody that's listening to this that is small. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they have a kid that's this. Uh, what, did, what, what would be the best advice that you would, you would give, Demo? Well, I'll tell you. My parents never held me back. My dad would let me play football with the big guys if I wanted to. My mom, you know, obviously she was worried, but she never helped me back from anything. If it went out, the, day, the day I learned to drive, I was 13 years old. My dad went and commissioned somebody to make me some makeshift pedals for my car. You know, don't hold your kids back. If they want to go do something later, you know, push it. Go for it. You know, um, a lot of parents just keep their kids inside because, you know, they want to shelter them from the outside world. And, and, I, and I get it. You know, I love my kid too, man. But I think that's the most damaging thing I could have done is leave my kid inside so he doesn't know because I'm not going to be around forever for him. You know, he's going to have to learn on his own. And the same thing with other kids, man, you know. At some point, you got to get out, you know, break out from the nest. And then it's going to be a culture shock when you come out there and people are calling, oh, look at that little guy. Look at that midget. I don't care. I don't care. You know, it's funny because you know, I can go through a Walmart and see people holding their cell phones up as oh, I walk by. Oh, you see it. You yeah, see, I see it. they don't know. Sometimes my wife is with me and they'll walk up behind. She's done it before. She'll walk up. Hey, would you like a picture with him? I'll tell him to come over here. He'll take a picture with you. You know, pull them up and put them on blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah and it's yeah, done. Yeah. And people, there's some people that are, are nice and say, hey, man, they'll go to my wife and say, hey, you think I could take a picture with you? They'll recognize you for a TV show or whatever. You right. Know? And it's cool. I got no problem. I got no problem at all with any pictures, to be honest. You know what I mean? I can care. I always tell my wife, stop fighting my battles. If I don't care, then you shouldn't care either. Great, great, great. That's why you've done so good and that's why you are. It's a mentality I have today, to carry, man. man. I have to accept it, dude. These are the cards I was dealt with. You know, I just got to play my hand. Great. Uh, in closing, before we go, we have, I guess, a friend that uh, we both know that uh, I really have always respected the hell out of him. That would be the Super Bowl champion quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm not talking about the GOAT who's right. back. Yeah. I'm talking about the one, the only trick shot artist, Brad Johnson. Yes, sir. Huh? You, know, you know Brad? Yeah, What's uh, up, Brad's been happening? tweeting us back and forth. You know, he's doing a lot of trick shots. And um, maybe we can get out to California. Maybe you can come out here and uh, get a couple of trick shots. You know, get some, uh, I mean, there's got to be something he hasn't tried yet. Oh, I know. Do you yeah. see his trick shots? Yeah, yeah I see him all the time, yeah. Oh, he oh. is great, great. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'd like that. to give it a shot. You, oh, that yeah, would be why great. Not? That would be great. And you're at, physically, I mean, we'll all as we get older, man, we got things uh, cropping up. How you, how you doing? Rock, I still got gas in the tank. <laughs> I still got gas in the tank, so don't slow me down. You know, don't, don't overthink anything. And don't be surprised if I don't ever get in that ring again. I'm just saying. You like flair. 
Yeah, we never know. <laughs> never know. Anything else in closing you'd like to say, um, like to promote, like to tell anybody that is listening uh, to this maybe, maybe didn't know you? Uh, what you well, you know, about. a lot of people you- out there, they know me, pretty much know me out here in Tampa. You know, they've seen me before at least. Um, don't be afraid to come approach me, man. If you want to take a picture, just come up to me and take a picture with me. It's all good. You don't be scared of the wife. She, yeah, she burks. She don't bite. It's all good, That's man. And, you know, for all the, if there's any little guys out there, and um, I have a Facebook page, Chip Santiago. And um, just follow follow us also on Micro Athletics. Hit me up. You know, um, you don't have to be an athlete. You know, we can help you get a commercial gig. Awesome. Or a TV spot, something. Awesome. You know what I mean? I, you know, I like, I like to network with little guys and... If they have questions, you know, for me, you know, and, and kind of be uh, a mentor. That's great. That's great. I, I'll do it. That's awesome. No problem. Chip, Demo, I can't thank you enough, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, bro. Yeah, so I really enjoyed that conversation. He was with his, uh, I guess you'd call him his manager. We were over at his house, and uh, we had a really, really nice time. And so I wish him well. I mean, he's he's successful. I love that part where he said he gets asked that question a lot. Would you like to have been born normal size? And he's like, no, no, man, I'm good. I'm good the size that I am because I stand out. And he certainly does. Now, what happened was I used to, back in the day, I I guess it's probably about, it's a, a decade ago, maybe 12, maybe 12 years ago, something like that. doesn't seem like it that long ago. I used to hang around Brian Nasty Boy Knobs, one half of the Nasty Boys. They were a tag team, Sags and Brian Knobs in WWF for years. They were world tag team champions, as a matter of fact, for a time. So I got to know him because he did some uh, taping and needing our studios. And then I had him on. I became kind of friends with Knobs. And then he had Nastyville School of Wrestling where he taught uh, wrestlers. And I used to go to that gym, kind of hang out around those guys. And then I know there was a big uh, documentary being filmed on Hulk Hogan. They used that gym. There was a wrestling ring in there. I think it was one on A&E. And then at the time, the midgets were filming a, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was yet their reality show they, they used to have. It was called Micro Midget wrestling. The great late Johnny uh, was the trainer or he was their manager. He knew knobs. He used to be in uh, pro wrestling, blah, blah, blah. And one day I went over to the gym where Nastyville School of Wrestling was in Clearwater. And I saw these guys, they were, they were shooting. It was like, oh no, no, take two. And one of the, it might've been demo. It could have been the other guy. And he was coming out with a suitcase and they did another one. I was like, oh, is that a reality show? Take two. (laughs) But, and it was like, oh, they're the midgets. And then they got a show on. I think it was true TV, but all I know is it was a reality show and then they had a series, a season and there you go. And that was that. I didn't realize that I already knew demo 
from he was in the radio station on 93.3 FLZ that I used to work at in that building on Gandhi Boulevard in Tampa. I was at 970 WFLA, which eventually became 620 WDAE, the sports animal. But at the time I was at 970, he was down at the Power Pig. And then when he left, Dave the Dwarf was his replacement. And I got to know Dave the Dwarf. I used to hang out with Dave the Dwarf. We'd party a little bit. And I remember being down in St. Pete. And Dave the Dwarf's a good man. He still follows me on Facebook. And I always liked Dave the Dwarf. But I didn't even realize when I was sitting down with Demo doing this podcast when he said, yeah. Dave the Dwarf replaced me. I used to see in the hallway, you were with Ted Webb, Jack Harrison. I was like, oh my God, why do I not remember that? But when I saw Demo on social media and I'm like, I know I know him. Is it just from Micro Midget Wrestling? And isn't that for, there you go. But again, I was new to the radio station. I was doing my thing and, and whatever. But isn't it funny how that's, that is a good 25 years ago. And here we are sitting down doing the Rock Stops Here podcast, and he's continuing to be successful and building his brand. He's going to be on Barstool, the Rough and Rowdy, and just going to continue to build. And I'm doing this podcast since 25 years later, and here we are. It's just, isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that what it's about, man? Isn't that cool? I think that's really cool. So, Demo, Chip, best of luck to you, buddy. Thank you very, very much for doing that for me. And I'm sure that's not the end. Uh, we'll see each other soon. We'll run into each other and you never know. Well, you never know. You never know what could come about. All right. Time now for the life of Riley. What have I been doing since I talked to you last week? Took a trip to Georgia. Oh, my God. We went, my, my wife is much younger than me, and she went to the University of Georgia. She's from Florida, the Clearwater area. She didn't want to go to Florida, Florida State, USF. She wanted to get out of the state. She went to the University of Georgia. She was a radio and TV communications major. She ended up interning, when she was at Georgia, she ended up interning for the Olympics, which was held in Atlanta. She interned at the NBC Today Show with Katie Couric in New York at 30 Rock. She inter she interned at CNN, uh, and she really enjoyed her time as a Georgia dog, national champs, I might add, in football. So when we dropped our daughter off at camp, she goes to a sleepaway camp in North Georgia. She said, just surprise me. You know, all year long, I don't know, you guys that have wives, they don't, they, this is how it works here. And a lot of my friends say the same thing. She organizes everything. She's constantly organizing, organizing. So when it comes time for like a little vacation, she's like, you do, you plan it. I don't want to do any planning on this. Just you take over. I said, okay. So, and she goes, surprise me. Don't tell me. So we had two days, two nights, three days after we dropped off our daughter. And I said, it's time to visit Athens, Georgia. She had not been back since she graduated from the University of Georgia. So she was emotional, dropping off our daughter. She was still in this zone. She was on her phone. I was in the rental car. And oh, by the way, real quickly, 
The flying situation wasn't bad. We flew from TIA to Atlanta and it was a direct. Now, when we go back, coming back, we got to go to Nashville. If you have a connecting flight, that's where the problems usually come in. But it was a short Southwest trip flight. Not a problem. We were delayed maybe a half hour. Not a problem. But the rental car situation. We flew in on a Sunday in Atlanta's Hartsfield Airport. That is a big ass, long ass airport. And we already had a reservation. As a matter of fact, she booked two reservations. She did do the, the car. I did the flights and everything else and hotel and all the other jazz. But she did the rental car. We had a budget. We had another company set. And when we got to the the area where, you know, the section where you rent cars, I saw the line. I said, oh my God, we already had a reservation. You should see the other. And then there weren't many lines at the other counters, the enterprise, the, you know, all the, all the, all the other ones. And I said, oh my God, but wait a minute, we already got our reservation. It doesn't matter. So she stood in line. We had our daughter with us because we were going to go to camp from there, get the rental car. Then I was going to head down to Athens with Emily. It was unbelievable. It was an hour, I an hour and a half in line, even with a reservation. A lady is barking out. If you don't have a reservation, we are sold out. We are sold out. There are no cars. So I started, Emily stayed in line. Addie sat over on a, on a, on a, a chair. She shared it with some Spanish lady that was talking in Spanish for like an hour loud on the phone. It didn't even bother my daughter. She was just doing her thing on her phone, sitting right next to this lady and the kids just, she was so loud, loud. And, uh, I went to the other counters and they were like, oh, we're sold out. Oh, laughing. You think you want to get a car here today? We're sold out. I'm like, yeah, but budget. They're like, yeah, we've, we, we've been told it's as long as four hour wait, four hour wait. So it wasn't a four hour wait, but it was about an hour and a half in line, even with a reservation. And then, okay, we got up, we checked. Then, then you don't just get your car. Then you go over and sit where all these other people, 30 people or so are just sitting. Then you got to wait until they call your name. So it isn't just the hour and a half in line. How about that? So I took a break, you know, let her go over by Addie after she, I'll be over here. Then they called our name fairly quick and got up there. She goes, listen, all we got is a Mustang. Boom. Take it. Boom. And you know, what I found out is when I would go to these other uh, car rental places, they'd say, look across. That's our parking lot. That's where the rental cars are. It's empty. We don't have any cars. There are no cars here in Atlanta because it was on a Sunday and it's summertime. And I'm like, holy crap. So we took the Mustang. It was really, you know, vroom, 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 yellow. My daughter looked at it. She goes, oh, you're going to drop me off and camp in that? No, let's, let's see if we can get another one. Another one? No, we're not going back over there. So we're getting this Mustang. Don't rev it up when you drop me off. You know, girls are so in front of her friends. No. And actually, when we did make it to camp the next day, we, 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 we drove close to there and we stayed overnight at one little place. And then in the morning, we were there at nine o'clock. We pulled in to her camp, sleepaway camp, her two friends and the one father. He loved it. We pulled in. I revved it. The girls were embarrassed. They were taking video, a yellow. Real, real bright yellow 
uh, Mustang GT. And the father's like, that's how you pull in the camp. Cause he even has a little Porsche that he likes to rev it up. And he thought that that was great. Oh, we just laughed. So anyway, to make a long story short, we did it. Boom, 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 drop off, boom. Now we're going to head down. And it wasn't until we got to Athens that she looked up and she's like, oh my God, College Avenue. Are we in, are we in the University of Georgia? I said, you got it. So I had it where it was a little boutique uh, hotel, a little different right there in downtown Athens. And we parked that yellow Mustang and we walked for two days. We walked the entire campus. We walked through downtown. We walked through sorority row where she was in a sorority and we love it. Cause Emily and I love to walk like, well, I don't walk around here. Number one, it's too hot. And I just don't like walking around here where we live. My wife runs every day. It's, it's good mentally for her as well as it is physically. It's just her thing to just forget about everything. I don't, I, I don't run. I'm, I'm starting to throw and, and we played tennis actually this morning. But when we go on vacation, we went to LA. We, we went up and down the coast of California for part of our honeymoon from up in San Francisco and all the way down, blah, 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 ended up in LA. We parked and we were in West Hollywood and we just walked. We walked to Beverly Hills. We walked. Nobody in LA walks. It was like people couldn't believe we walked. And so we just parked it and she loves walking and I'm getting a chance to walk. And so we walked and it was, it there was one day where it was humid, like it's 80, 80 degrees, 80% humidity, but it's not the Florida heat. Oh my God. There was one morning where up until like 1130, it was like seven in the seventies and high seventies. It was, it was beautiful. It was awesome. And at night, oh my God. So we just walked, we walked the entire campus. And let me tell you, like I went to a small, two small colleges, St. Leo, which is in Florida, Pasco County, Dade city, St. Leo. And then William Patterson college. And that's a commuter school. And so I'm not used to the big university and after a while, you get to know where you're going. And the one thing that I'll tell you, which blew me away, number two things, Southern hospitality, how nice everybody was. There's, there was no security. Now, I know that at a, a big time university like the University of Georgia, I'm assuming, I know there's cameras everywhere and they're watching, I'm assuming. I did not see one security guard. Nobody bothered us. A lot of the buildings were open. We went to her journalism building where she was a journalism radio TV major. We just walked right in. We were upstairs. They have a new section now compared to when she went. New media. I'm assuming that social media, things like that. There's actually a department called new media in the sports journalism uh, realm. Um, and it was really cool. She looked up on a board and they had, and she's like, Oh my God, there was one professor that was kind of a jerk. Oh my God, here's his name. He's still here. And, uh, so there were one or two names. Some of the things were coming back to her when we were walking. There's the North campus, the South campus, the East and West. It's a big, big, big university. And we just love walking. We were in the student center the student center is like the hub and it's located right next to Sanford stadium. That's where the university of Georgia football bulldog, the dogs play. And it was open. 
It was open. You just walk right in. You could take pictures and video. Nobody. We went into the basketball arena. That's beautiful. That seat's about 10,900, 11,000. Nobody was in there just to go around. We went into the football stadium and I'm like, holy crap. And I had to look it up. I'm like, I just assumed like, oh, this is pretty big. I know Raymond James Stadium in Tampa where the Bucks play holds 65,000, 67, 8,000. I was like, this, this looks bigger. I looked it up, 92,785, 90, close to 93,000 its seats. And it's right in the middle of campus. I was like, where's everybody park? You just walk. I was like, right, it's right next to the student center. How do 92,000 fans fit in here? They must have it down. You know, I guess they have it down at these big universities. Just blew me away. But it was so neat to just walk around and nobody, hey, you can't go there. Like, I'm used to constantly, oh, let me check your credential. Oh, no, you're not allowed over here. Oh, you can't go over there. No, it wasn't like that. It was like, and nobody was bothering anybody. Now, when we walked around on Sunday, it was almost like a ghost town. The following day, Monday, we saw a lot of parents. They had these lanyards and with their kid, it was either orientation or it was touring the campus. You know, the kids are in high school or they're just going to be freshmen. And we did see quite a bit of that. One time there was a tour guide going around with three other ladies were taking notes and pictures and things. But like, I, ne I never saw one security guard in two days. We walked the entire campus and nobody said, oh, you can't go there. You can't go there. Doors were open. It was unbelievable. It was like going back in time. I remember when I went to St. Leo and my buddy, Ed Arcee, we drove to Tampa and to the old sombrero. But you're talking like so long ago. And we were able to walk in and take pictures. We got on the field. Like, you can't do that. And I was like, you can't do that now in 2022. Well, you could now at this campus. It was, it was, that blew me away. Then... She wanted to see her sorority house. She lived in a sorority house on campus and there's called sorority fraternity row. And it's a good distance. It's a couple miles walking from where we were. She walked every day. There is buses. There's a bus system, but she liked to walk. I like when even to this day we walk. So we were walking. You get your exercise in and enjoying it, man. You see parts that you would never see if you weren't on foot. So we walked and we kept walking and walking and walking and walking and walking and then boom, here we go. And it's these big old houses with the big columns. You know, you can picture it in Georgia, these old, old, big old houses, sorority houses. And we go to her sorority. She's like, oh my God, the property looked great. The big old column. She said, see that window right up there? Second floor, that's where I stayed with two other girls in that room. And we went up and we looked in and she was looking in the hallway. She goes, oh my God, that room and that room are the same. The front room, you could close this door and you could study and da, 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 da. So we go around the back and she goes, oh, there's been an addition put on. And then there was a little deck back there at the back of the parking lot. We sat down on there. All of a sudden, she always kids around that I have this Irish luck, which I sometimes do. She said she never has it. And we're just sitting there. And a car pulls up. A gentleman, older gentleman, jumps out. He goes, hello, how y'all doing? We're great. I said, this is my wife. She used to be uh, in this fraternity. He said, I'm the house dad. 
She goes, house dad? We didn't have a house dad. We had a house mom. This whole sorority thing was all new to me. I was in a dorm. Then I ended up transferring to New Jersey, a commuter school. When I went back down to visit at St. Leo's, the thing there is when you want, if you got off a of campus after the first year or two from the dorm, you're living in the orange groves in a trailer. That was like royalty. <laughs> so I, I'm not familiar with these big sorority fraternity homes, you know? And he goes, come on in, I'll show you around. And he was such a gentleman. He was like a grandfatherly type that was still in good shape. And he did so much work and construction. And he, he's real painting for the girls that are coming in in August. And I'm, I'm just blown away. They have a full-time cook. They have, they have meals, three meals a day. They have a menu you order. They even do brunch on Saturdays. They have a Sunday thing. I'm like, these girls are living like queens. And I just assumed that my wife lived in a sorority house with like, I don't know, maybe six girls. I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. A, and I'm like, this is so big. How many, how many girls live in this sorority house? We asked a house dad. Guess how many? 56, 56. You see a bathroom on this floor and it looks like you're walking into like a dorm where there's like shower stalls and lock like, uh, I, I, and then, then, then he went to the attic. He redid that, this and that, and this and that. And he couldn't have been nicer. And Emily went and saw her room and where it used to be and seeing everything. And we were taking pictures and then we were leaving. We thanked him. He goes, you're alumni come back during a football game and all this. And it was just so nice. And, and you know what, you know what he said to, he wasn't, he wasn't strange. Like, you know, anybody that's going to be a so-called house dad to a college sorority where you have girls that are, you know, in their 19, 20 years old, 20, you know, you would think that, you know, hmm. and there was one guy that they had to get rid of. He said that was doing some work there. They called him a peeper. You know, I understand, I, I, I can understand that there's that type of uh, riffraff that would be involved trying to look into a sorority, the windows. I, 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 I can see that, but this guy is like your grandfather, like a gentleman. And he really tries to do best for the girls. And you know what he said? He goes, I like to paint every single room. I want to give the girls a fresh start to each year. And he goes, the girls are going to be coming in here August 6th. And that's when the girls, I'm getting all my work done here. So everything looks like it's fresh and new and da, 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 da. And he said, you know, what's sad? The majority of girls come to the, the, the first day to move in with their mothers. A lot of the dads are not involved. He goes, there's some, there's a few, but most of the dads are not involved in helping their daughters move in. And he goes, that's why he makes sure he's there and he has two other workers so that he goes, these moms and daughters can't carry some of their things, heavy, the heavy stuff that they're trying to bring up three floors in this old building. So I'm making sure that we make sure these girls and the moms get everything settled. But he goes, it's kind of sad. And I was like, wow, because my daughter's only 13. So God willing, so I told Emily, God willing, I'm still healthy enough. You never know how life goes, man. And I'm older. You just hope that I'm still healthy enough to be able to help my daughter move in. Because see, I was telling Emily, like as a guy, there was no moving in. 
when I went from New Jersey, high school in New Jersey, to St. Leo College, because that was the only place that would accept me, and uh, I, I went there in a plane. I didn't even take my car. There was no... There was nothing. I had a suitcase with clothes and toiletries. That's it. There were some posters that were tacked up. That was it. And it was a dorm room. There was no moving in and making it nice. You know, I'm seeing all my friends on Facebook or these things. They're moving their daughters into school. And I'm like moving them in. Yeah. And now I get it. I have a daughter. And, and seeing this and it would and it really kind of crushed me, man. I was just thinking, God, you're up there. Make me, please let me just be healthy enough to still help my daughter move in when it's time. And for you, she's going into eighth. So five years from now, I hope so. But anyway, it was a really, really nice experience. Downtown Athens, there's like a little music scene there. Like the B-52s are from there. Um, what's the one famous one? Um, oh, my God. They're so famous. I can't even think right now. Michael Stipe is the lead singer. They made it in Athens. There's this Athens theater, but it was closed. It wasn't opening up until Wednesday. We were leaving on Tuesday. They have... It's a theater downstairs. They have music acts that play there. And then upstairs, there's a rooftop bar and rock and roll and they're playing. I was like, ah, that would have been great. But there were some really cool places. We went into one restaurant, big high ceilings, cool sports bar, great lunch. And the uh, bartender came over. We went on a high top table and she used to, she's going to go to law school in the University of New Mexico. She finished her degree at University of Georgia. A lot of these places, they have kids that are working like front desk at the hotel that we stayed at, Hotel Indigo. Um, Mostly they're from the university. You know, it's college town. And she was telling us, she goes, this place used to be Herschel Walker's restaurant. We even got some menus. And about four or five years ago, six years ago, it changed over to what it is today. And she brought out these menus. Like Herschel Walker was big there. But I don't want to, I know he's a lightning rod and political and all that jazz. No need to go there. But anyway, anyway, then I started telling my wife, I actually covered the New Jersey generals when I, generals, <laughs> not generals, New Jersey generals, uh, that when Trump was the owner, Doug Flutie was the quarterback. Herschel Walker was the running back. She had no idea. I said it was called the USFL. And I, and I said, I Trump, you know, we did a uh, boxing uh, special when I was at New Jersey Network in Atlantic City. And Donald Trump was getting involved in boxing. He had the Miss America pageant. Ivanka Trump was off to the side. She just passed away last week, by the way, one of his early wives. And I remember miking him up. And he was like, when's this going to be on? How many times is this going to be on? I mean, he was like a big time land developer and had money. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy's really into himself. Like he really, really wants to know exactly where it's going to air, how much, you know, how many times it's going to play. I was like, oh my God. But anyway, but she had no idea. We were just sitting there at that, at the restaurant at that time. So all in all, it was a really, really wonderful couple of days in Athens, Georgia, and for her to go back. She goes, you're asking me 26 years ago. She had not been back on campus in 26 years. Like, I I don't remember. I'm like, did you ever go to any games? She had never seen the indoor facility basketball. Really nice. And they had, I think that was redone. 
But she's like, I didn't go to a basketball game. I barely remember going to a football game. I remember the girls had to wear dresses and guys would dress up back in the day. That, but that SEC Southern hospitality, it was really, it was really, really cool. It was really, really neat. And we had a great time. And now that my wife is on, I mean, my daughter is at this sleepaway camp. It's for like three and a half weeks that we're, I'm making sure that I'm doing a lot of date stuff with my wife because we usually don't do that when you're busy. You know, she works at the school during the year. She's the cheerleading coach at the middle school. She's got her side job at HSN. She does freelance producing. So she's busy and, you know, with our daughter. And so we're doing things. We had a nice date night in Safety Harbor day this uh, yesterday. Oh, it was really, really cool. Went to this place called Giggle Waters. Fine time, Rachel Fine or Richie Wilson. They used to be on the Howard Stern show. I was like, maybe I'll get them on my podcast. But anyway, uh, we had a nice time. We were there. Uh, she said, today you want to play tennis before it gets hot? I said, sure, even though I didn't want to get up and do that. But I did. It was great. So we're just having a nice time, man, and making sure, you know, it, she doesn't ask for much. She really doesn't. And when you get busy on day to day, and when you're with somebody for a period of time, I think we're together now 20 years. doesn't seem like that. Um, but you really do have to make some time and, and do some di something different, a little bit of fun. If you haven't had a date night in a while, you got to do that. You got to do that. And, uh, and just break it up a little bit. And I'm telling you, it works wonders because really when I break it all down, I'm like, she really just enjoyed it. She doesn't ask for much, man. And so, and I had, it was nice. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of rekindles, but I'm not going to get all sappy and crap on this thing. What are you kidding me? It's a rock stops here. Thank you. Um, baseball, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, this has been the all-star break. Now, next week, hopefully everything, it's been solidified. I am heading out. By the time you're hearing this, hopefully, I will have some major, I'm one major, major interview that I'll be playing next week. I talked to my man that has arranged this all with me. I will be flying with him and heading to this location and sitting down. I'm not even going to publicize it until I get it but it should be good. It's going to be news making. And a lot of, I, a lot of these don't, you know, get a lot of publicity, but I think this one may, but I'm really, I really respect this man so much. So I'm really looking forward to my next guest on the rock stops here. And I've actually really been enjoying covering the Tampa Bay Rays, the teams that come in and, you know, I'm mainly, I've had on a lot of Rays broadcasters and I got one more that I will be sitting down with, but I didn't want to do too much Rays, 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 because I don't want this to just be the local podcast. I do want it to be national. And when the baseball season started, I said, okay, I'm going to cover the Rays. I'll cover the Rays for the Tampa Free Press. Um, I'll, I'll sit down with, I had Brett Phillips who plays for the Rays and he's a great story. I've had their broadcasters 
And then I did when the Oakland A's came in, but they're not a rivalry at all. They're in the AL West with the Rays. And so Dallas Braden, he's been on Barstool. He's on a very popular podcast with Jared Carabas. It's called... uh, uh, what the baseball is dead. It's kind of a joke. The baseball isn't dead, but I mean, and so that was neat, but I realized I'm credentialed to get into Rays games by the Tampa Bay Rays and my base audience. Thank you very much. You that have been listening to me. Thank you. Are mostly Tampa Bay sports fans. And when the Red Sox come in, and the Yankees come in. I, I'm trying to be national. I'm willing to be, but I don't want to piss off most of you. And so for that alone, you can thank me. I'm not going to bring on any Yankees or Red Sox affiliated guests. I have decided that because... I know that I'm going to piss you up, piss, piss off a lot of you. <laughs> and I understand Red Sox and Yankees and Rays. It's a rivalry. The reason why I'm saying that is I have some people that I really respect in the business covering the Rays, Red Sox covering the Yankees. Um, there's one I really want to get on, Sweeney Murdy. He's been on WFAN covering the Yankees for a long time, and I really like him, man. And I'm thinking about it. But I, I you know, the the Red Sox came in, Jemiah Webster. He's the sideline reporter for Nesson. I've been on their show with the Brady and the Gronk and that angle during the pandemic. I saw him last time. Now, this last series, he was down there. I was just overdoing my thing. And Kevin Euclid was a former Red Sox, mostly Red Sox player. I think he was with the White Sox, the Yankees, for a little bit. But he's got a great story. Now, he's part of the Nesson New England Sports Network broadcast team. And I have a connection. My wife's cousin is really tight with Kevin Euclid and his family. And the last time the Red Sox were, the time before this, the Red Sox were here, I saw Euclid. He was getting up, getting himself like a drink in the press box. He had come down from where the TV booth is. And I said, hey, you, my name is Rock Riley, Tampa Bay. Hey, I know Aaron Pilder. And he's like, oh my God, he stops the Pilder family. And I said, I'm also best friends with Tom Karen. Tom Karen is a longtime friend of mine and he is the host for pre and post on Nesson. He's been there like 27 years and he's a great guy. So I mentioned his name. He goes, oh, he's okay. You know, kind of kidding. And we were just talking and that was it. And I said, you know what? The next time the Red Sox come in, Euclid has got a great story. He's a very successful businessman. He's got a brewery in um, California, Lomas, Loma, Loma Brewing or Lomas Brewing Company. Um, He was one of those guys that they thought that he was pudgy when he was in high school. He was a little overweight. But wherever he played, he always got on base. He's a gritty guy. So he played. He's now a successful broadcaster and he's a successful businessman. And I got the connection. And I'm like, you know what? And I was back and forth on this. Just, just a couple days ago. And I went to two games during the series and I saw him up in the booth. And then one time I went up there and I was going to go in. He was with the color, uh, the play-by-play guy. I'm like, huh? 
And it just was like, I don't know, man. I if I can't put on a Red Sox or a Yankees affiliated anybody. I just don't think I could do it to you guys because my base is Rays fans and Bucks fans and Lightning fans. I get it. I get it. So see what I'm doing for you? I'm hurting myself when I'm doing it for y'all. But anyway, so I said, you know what? I just don't think I can do it. Sometimes you got to go with your gut feeling. My wife says she doesn't believe in that. She That doesn't work for her, the gut. But I always go with my gut and always sleep on it. If you got a big decision coming up, don't act or rush it. If it's a big purchase, anything, sleep on it. If you f- still feel the same way the next day or the day after, go with your gut feeling. That's It's worked for me. It's worked for me. I hope it works for you. All right, guys. I think, uh, yeah, we're in pretty good shape here. So wish me luck on my next trip. Uh, and hopefully I will bring you a stellar sit down with a very, very good man next week. That's my goal. I hope it works out. If not, I got a couple of other things in the can and we are just about here for football season. I got to tell you, I like the break. I like the break of too much of anything. Too much of anything is, is no good. I, I, I really believe variety is a spice of life. You got to have a couple of different interests. And you know what? I like the break for football. This year, I only watched a little bit of the championship game, the USFL. It was, it was good. It was, it was good. They had the championship game up at the uh, Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame because I'm familiar with that stadium and everything. And it looked good on TV. I didn't watch any of the season. I, 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 I made it a point to just take a break from football. That way when it comes here, and it's here now, that I'm really, really, really psyched, man. You know, I like the variety. So here we go. I'm going to be covering the GOAT and the Bucks and the NFL some college as well, and football season is just about here. It all starts next week. Practice, we're talking about practice. So listen, man, thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. If, you, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe so you'll get it. New episodes always break every Tuesday comes down like three o'clock in the morning man so if you've got insomnia sometimes and i i i sometimes i do middle and i wake up look at my phone all right go through go and i'll see that there's some other people that i know that are on at this time like i guess we all got sleeping problems huh <laughs> uh, all right hang in there man so i'll talk to you next week it's the rock stops here and if you're not subscribed please subscribe all right Have a great week, man. Have a great, 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 great week. Try something different. And if you got a a, a significant other, do a date. Do something a little different. Do it. Do it. You'll benefit. I'm telling you. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. All right, talk to you next week. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. 
There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or if you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>